The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mounts, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and backroads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Glad to have you along with the ride today. And we, of course, have Nathan Miller, the tall guy. Our producer, Nathan, is at the board. He'll make sure that we stay in our lane. We're looking forward to the subject matter today, which is traveling with or perhaps sometimes without your pets. It was the cowboy philosopher Will Rogers who said, personally, I have always felt that the best doctor in the world is the veterinarian. He can't ask his patients what is the matter. He's just got to know. And I'll wager that there isn't a veterinarian anywhere, at least anywhere in America, who doesn't know that saying. They know it by heart. That's what we're going to talk about today. What about you and your fur babies? When you go to go with them, to go without, there are questions to be answered and research to be done either way. We'll be right back with Dr. George Melillo. He is an expert. In fact, I would call him an expert's expert. What a background he has. We'll be hearing from him right after this. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days. And I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and Alert Drops will stop it. Kids studying in college, drinking too much caffeine, overloading on these energy drinks, they end up in the hospital. Alert Drops will stop it. What is Alert Drops? Alert Drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water, co-created with my uncle, Dr. Henry Heimlich, creator of the Heimlich Maneuver, who said, Anson, alert drives will save more lives than the maneuver. Whether you are driving, whether you are studying, whether you're just a tired mom, whenever you need to be alert, get alert drops. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. It's scientifically proven. It's doctor approved. Again, it's natural. It's been honored by the United States Congress. Go to alertjobs.com. Very important. Go to alertjobs.com and stay safe. Dr. Sanjay Gupta brings you health tips for a better life Monday through Friday at 6 a.m., 8 a.m., and 5 p.m. right here on KKNW. Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk. A graduate of the University of Pennsylvania School of Veterinary Medicine, Dr. George Melillo brings over 30 years of veterinary experience to heart and Paw, working in private practice as a practice owner, and most recently as vice president of veterinary quality at Banfield Pet Hospital. As a co-founder of Heart and Paw, he brings a lifelong commitment to animals and the people who serve them. So for the first time, we are glad to welcome Dr. George Melillo. How are you doing today, Doc? I'm wonderful. Thank you for the opportunity to speak with you and your guests. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Now, ordinarily, we're a pretty homespun show, but if we're going to start bringing Ivy Leaguers into this, now I'm going to have to polish up my act. <laughs> no, it's, it's all casual with us. Doc, I would be very, very happy for our listeners to hear about your commitment as a veterinarian and as someone who has a vice presidential capacity on his resume to ensure that people not only get top quality vet care, but also have someone in their community, someone nearby, in addition to all the research anybody can do online, to find the best vets, 
the best places to stay, the best boarding if they have to leave their fur babies behind as they prepare to travel sometime during 2022. You're in charge of a lot. Yes, quite, quite a bit. And, you know, the veterinarian, that relationship with your pet is critical, um, whether you're traveling, whether you're day-to-day looking for advice on travel, some of the specific you know, nuances that might be particular to your pet. Um, your veterinarian is your expert, your local expert. They are the local expert. And fortunately, if they don't have the answer, they will consult to find out. And this is where the trust factor comes in. What is the most and the best they can do for your companion animals and thus for yourself as someone who places your beloved family member in their hands? When you when you talk about Banfield, I'm curious about that. It, it seems to me I've seen Banfield signs everywhere. So is this a nationwide franchise? Is well, Ban- Banfield is, is a nationwide platform. Um, I'm not with Banfield. That was my previous position. Okay. Currently, I'm the chief veterinary officer and the founder of Heart and Paw. Um, and, and one of the things that we really strive to do is to really treat your pets and the pet parent like members of a family. Um, so we have you know, multiple locations throughout 10 states. Um, and you know, very much looking at, we really value that pet human animal bond, which is really kind of critical. Um, and you know, creating a place where the pet parent really um, has an experience that they would want for their own human children. And that's kind of what we're looking to achieve. And I'm sure you achieve it very well, and particularly now in this newer capacity, working with hot and uh, heart and paw. And there, if people were to Google it, they could put heart and the plus sign, and then paw, and that would take you where you need to go. Is there a sense of a community, both online and in person, with an, an over? arching philosophy about pet care. You've spoken to it already in the short time we've been on the air together, but it seems to me there's a right way and not so right a way to do about anything. What is the philosophy that undergirds your approach to veterinary medicine? Well, I think in general, you know, I feel the veterinarians are the experts on animal health, but the pet parent is really the expert on their pet and really knows the environment, knows the lifestyle, which may include travel, it may include types of travel, right? So I think the partnership between the veterinarian and the client is essential for the optimum pet health. Optimum pet health, absolutely. Let me ask you, because I don't wanna be remiss here, how many animals do you have? Cats, dogs, whatever you want to name. Uh, who are your companions? I'm going to underwhelm you. So I have one, <laughs> one dog who is an 11 year old Jack Russell mm. rescue. His name is Poncho. And I only have one dog because he is not good with other dogs. So, you know, I would love to have other animals, other dogs, but he would not be good with other cats or with any cat or with other dogs. So I read a little bit of an embarrassment because in some (laughs) of our locations, we have dog daycare and he doesn't pass the assessment. So he's better off home and comfortable with, with his own environment. Dr. George, I read an interview just last night with you, and I was fascinated because I hadn't heard the term pet aggressive. 
I've experienced it at one point in my life. Mm -hmm. We're going back many moons, but two Yorkies, one calico cat that wandered in one night and adopted us. And then we even had pet rats going on. It was quite the menagerie. And what I found was one of the Yorkies was shy enough to just avoid. And the other one was shy around people, but very aggressive around other dogs because she had been the runt of the litter. And at one point, other of the pups would drag her around by her ears. Turns out she didn't like that. And it's so fascinating how these little creatures have their own personalities and their own preferences as to whom they keep company with from day to day. That's absolutely true. And even, you know, you can work with animals, you can kind of do some behavior modification, you can get expert training to kind of help ease some of that um, aggression, or whether it's people directed, whether it's pet directed. My dog is, is really fine with people. But if he sees another animal, he just immediately goes into fight mode. Um, and, it, you know, even when people will walk him, will walk him and people say, oh, is your dog friendly with other dogs? And I have to say no or cross the other side of the feet, uh, street to avoid that contact because he just gets so stressed by it. Speaking of Jack Russell Terriers, uh, I'll tell this story very quickly. I met one and was forewarned that this particular dog seems to have been abused perhaps, I mean, they were conjecturing, but the dog's owner said there's something about tall males, and I'm six foot three, tall males, this dog does not want to be around them. In fact, he'll attack. So armed with that knowledge, the next time I came into the front door, the dog's barking and, and baring his teeth at me. And I stepped in and I pretended like I didn't see the dog there. And um, Joey was his name. So, mm -hmm. And I'm calling out Joey, Joey, Where's Joe? Joey? Are you here, Joey? And then he starts barking and I look over and get Joey. Oh, my goodness. Like he's a long lost relative plus a dog treat. And I repeated that a couple of times when I came over to visit because this was family. And lo and behold, one time Joey stopped barking, came up wagging his tail. And what did he do? He rolled over so I could scratch his tummy. And I go, there's a victory right there. I have made a friend. It seems to me that people, when you encounter animals, and certainly if you're shopping for one, you go, who am I going to take home? There's a certain strategy, a certain simpatico you want to achieve with these animals. Yes, I think that's spot on. And, you know, sometimes that instant bond can work. Sometimes you need to know what to look for. Um, but there is, you know, a sense of really, you know, that kind of unspoken communication that can happen between the animal and a person, just kind of what you described. And that takes me to, I think, one of the great strategies one can employ, plus it's a lot of fun. Please tell me, Dr. Melillo, if I, am, if I have this right, play, play in and of itself builds confidence in a dog, a cat, the owner, in your animal, and they want to be around with you because they're having a good time. If play builds confidence, and it can actually help your dog, for example, alleviate boredom and anxiety, does that lead to far less incidents of, let's say, destructive habits, chewing and so forth? Yeah, I, I do think that's really, really important. And different breeds have different levels of activity that they need. Um, but that mental stimulation piece, keep, it does help keep them mentally healthy. 
um, whether it's you know enrichment by you the interaction between the pet parent and their their dog, or kind of playing with a cat, kind of with a, you know whether it's a feather or interacting, all of that goes a long long way in keeping them mentally, uh, you know, happy and 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 away from some behaviors that they can divert to if they are bored or or just kind of boredom adds stress sometimes to their life. So play is really, really an important component to it. And in some breeds, it's much more essential, you know, retrievers and some of the active breeds. In other breeds, like a bulldog, you may not need to play so much. They're more likely to be fine kind of with less activity. Wow, would I ever love to have you on some of my road trips? You could ride shotgun. What would be the means whereby, if you're going to plan it, a lot of people, they want to plan their trips down in the road trips, their air travel down to the last detail. What are the essentials that any person traveling who wants to go with their pet or pets, what are the essential things they need to know in preparing for this trip? Yeah, I think that's really important. There's a lot of pre-planning that should go into your travel plans. So things like making sure your pet is up to date on vaccines. Um, you want to make sure that they have, um, you know, proper identification on them. Um, you have to anticipate, you know, what if something were to happen where, you know, I, I would have a problem and they might not be able to reach my home number. So what's an emergency contact? Somebody that I know will be in a position that if there was a question and I couldn't answer it about my pet, there is somebody there. I'm a big proponent of microchipping, um, kind of like the little uh, identifier that's inserted under the skin that actually provides a radio frequency. So if your pet should escape or um, you know be separated from you, there are ways to identify who the owner is. Um, I do think you got to be prepared in this, especially this time of the year, for delays. Whether you're traveling in the road on the road with your pet, a couple of weeks ago we had you know some of our, our um, major highways where people were 22 hours. If you don't have water or potentially treats, that could be a problem. So prepare for delays. Um, if you're traveling, you know, it's it's always a good idea to make sure your dog is comfortable, whether she or he is in the car. Many are in carriers, which is kind of a safe, comfortable way for an animal to travel. Um, I'd be very careful about animals that kind of jump from the front to the back seat. That can, can potentially cause accidents and problems. I, I don't have that situation myself personally. Um but even carriers, you know, if you're traveling, does it need ventilation? Is your pet nervous about traveling? In some cases, acclimating them to that carrier so they're kind of comfortable with it. Um, if it's a long trip, they have toys or chew toys so that if they are bored, they have something to kind of keep them stimulated. I, I get that. And at the same time, I have to confess to having been guilt-ridden back in 1989 so i'm going way back mm -hmm. i moved and uh, my partner at the time worked the whole time we were together worked for veterinarians so i got to learn a lot but one of the things that that really kind of tugged at my heartstrings was when we moved and we drove we didn't fly up and have somebody bring the van we just brought our goodies with us we left las vegas and it was about 
five, five and a half days, we wanted to take our time. And we finally pulled into Seattle, where I lived for about 21 years. But on that trip from Las Vegas, and we started and then drove overnight, and then we, we were just so happy to see Bakersfield, California, then Sacramento, then we were in Oregon, then we got to Washington. All the time, you'll recall that I mentioned we had this calico cap. And we had the cat in a carrier, which was a pretty decent one for 1989 there. And yet, I regret to say I'm a little embarrassed, actually, Doc, that the cat had to stay for hours on end in that carrier until we could find either a parking lot or better yet, a rest area so she could relieve herself. And I thought, oh, the boredom and naturally the meowing really wanted to get out of there. But we had to get where we wanted to go because there were places to stay along the way. This is, I think, what you're getting at when you talk about pre-planning, you have to take all these factors into account. Yes, exactly. And especially with cats. Cats, you know, what I recommend is when you get a cat, get a carrier and get them very acclimated to it. You know, it should be a safe, comfortable place that they're secure with so that whether you're traveling with them, when you pull it out, they're not frightened by it. They're not um, they're, they see it as a place where they want to be in there. Sometimes you can do that at home by just having it out in the open, putting treats in there that cats love to hunt and explore that they'll find and they'll realize that it's, you know, it is a very safe place for them. Um, but it also helps taking them to the veterinarian. So many cats are probably underserved with veterinary care because of the hassle of bringing them in a carrier to the veterinary office. But if you get them acclimated to that carrier up front, um, it's, it's much easier and it provides a much less stressful experience for the pet as well as for you. Absolutely. As experience showed me, I am curious about one thing. I just thought I would duck in this question. Have you, have you had close association with veterinarians that decide, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and specialize. I'm going to make this a cat clinic. We've got one a mile up the road from where I live. I don't have a cat right now, but there is a cat clinic. I've always been fascinated that veterinarians will, just as medical doctors do, they will specialize in one type of work and that defines their practice. I'm fascinated by that. Yes, there are definitely cat practices, cat-only practices. Um, there's actually an American Association of Feline Practitioners. You know, at Heart and Paw, we embrace a low-stress handling concept for all patients. And in many of our locations, we have a cat-only waiting room, a cat-only exam room, a cat-only ward. And where dogs never go in there, we use pheromones to kind of calm them. Um, and these are pretty standard and, you know, our, our places, but many other practice owners have really embraced some of these low stress um, philosophies for, for cat clients. If they can reduce stress when you go to the dentist, and I had pretty good luck with dentists in that regard, then why not the vets, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Absolutely right. Now and they go to dogs yes. too. I mean, low, low stress is important. You know, we encourage people bring their animals in for what we call happy visits, where they're just coming in, maybe getting a treat, maybe sniffing around, and no needles, no kind of nail trims, anything like that. So that's all something that's, you know, something enjoyable for them rather than stress all the time. Let's say we take to the air 
and we're going to fly. It could be across country. I've flown from Los Angeles to Pittsburgh, didn't have a pet with me. And I wondered, wow, what would that be like? Because I remember a couple of passengers were checking on their pets when they couldn't, they didn't have them with them. So they were in that part of the cargo hold that is designated for pets. What is it that people most need to know if they're going to take that hair raising adventure and I'm going to cross the country, but I have my animal with me and yet not quite with me during the flight. The important thing, first of all, is really to find out what the airline requirements are. Um, And not every airline has the same type of requirements. There are also some interstate times uh, responsibilities and health certificates that may be required. So really, as soon as you're, you're starting to plan a trip with your pet, that's one of the first calls that you need to make is what the airline is. And then you want, you know, obviously that um, identification on your pet, on the carrier. You want to make sure that the carrier um, meets the airline specific requirements um, because they can differ. Um, so you want to make sure that they're they're comfortable. I you know I always like to say that they're washable a little bit in case there's any um, you know wet or soiling in the area that it's something that can be easily cleaned, um, and that again that your pet is comfortable in it that it's not the first time they're being placed in that carrier. And once you get to wherever you're going to stay. And now we're in the era of Airbnb, et cetera, as well as the hotels. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to look at the AAA guides there and I, oh, this looks like a great place. It's got at least three stars. And I would go all the way to the bottom. No pets allowed. Oh, come on. There's so There is that shopping aspect of it as well, because apparently some people think if they own a motor lodge, motel, hotel, they would just as soon not deal with the problem of fleas or the wet, the soilage. How do you cope with that if you find one where they'll let your pet in, but they probably want a little bit of extra money or a deposit of some kind? There are some good habits the owner will have to get into, it seems to me. Yeah, but the good thing is more and more places are accepting pets because as more and more of us really understand and embrace that human-animal bond, um, you know, the, the need to do so is greater. So I'm finding more places, whether it's motels, hotels, Airbnbs, that are more pet friendly. And, and most pet owners are really responsible about understanding the needs of their pet. Um, you know, this whole COVID, the world was asked to really kind of avoid family and friends. And what did they do? They turned to pets and animals. And animals did a pretty good job filling some of the void that was created in this whole pandemic. So I don't think it's going away. I think the human-animal bond, we're going to just see more and more benefits to human health um, by owning pets. I wanted to uh, ask you about one more thing, and then I'd love to hear a bit more because I want our listeners to become more familiar with heart and paw. But let me just ask you this. When you're on the road, and whether it's cats or dogs, how do you stand on this idea of driving and stopping at intervals? Do you try to regulate that in your own travels so that the animals don't have to be putting up with the lack of play, the lack of interaction for hours and hours at a time? Yeah, I think you have to know your pet specifically. And cats aren't, you know, as necessary to kind of have breaks where they can stop. They can actually get more startled out of that. Dogs actually need to be out, let on the road to to 
you know, relieve themselves, to sniff a little bit, stretch their legs, just like we do. And if there are any pets in a carrier, there should be room for them to, you know, stand and turn around in. Um, but the dogs probably need more of that than the cats. The cats, it's really about security and keeping them safe. So I wouldn't force a cat to necessarily walk because something can startle them and they would they would run off. Um, you know, so I, I think you have to know your pet, know what the requirements are, know how long they might go without needing to take a you know a bathroom break. And I think it's with both to be able to offer water. Um, many, some pets will have treats in the car. Others might have problems where they get car sick. That, that's a real con condition that, that can affect animals. And in those cases, you need to plan your stops for maybe nourishment around those, any barriers such as that. Thank you for all this great advice. Uh, Doctor, let's go ahead and just drive some traffic, if you'll pardon the pun, to Heart and Paw. Where do people find you online? Yeah, so we have our website. It's www.heartandpaw.com. Um, and you'll be able to go there and see where our locations are. Um, you know, we're, we're probably three years old, so we're kind of really new kind of up and coming brand. Um, we, we have new hospitals we've built. We also partner with existing practices who believe what we believe. And we're really trying to build that community of people who know that pets are part of the family. Um, and how do we really make that come to life? Um, and that's, that's the mission of Heart and Paul. Thank you, sir. I am so glad that we had a chance to visit today. Dr. George Melillo, we're going to have to have you back when it gets to be that summer travel season. We want people to really get this stuff, and we'd love to speak with you again. Wonderful. I'd look forward to it. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk. Along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine, we remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American Road. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure.